Zen Gen Gamers Podcast. I am your host, Adrian, and today I have uh, my brother Jay, as always. Yep, How you doing, I'm Jay? here. And uh, today's guest is Keith. Keith, how's it going? Good. Hi, hi guys. How you doing? Doing pretty great. How are things down on the uh, south shore part of Massachusetts? It's in really Fuego just, down here. Yeah, it is definitely very uh, muy, muy caliente up here also. Yeah. I'm hiding in my AC. Looking forward to playing some games tonight, you know, not going outside. Uh-huh. Uh, not, not venturing to the outside. No way. Way too hot. Yeah, it is, it is really unbearably hot here right now in Massachusetts, tropical <laughs> Massachusetts. Uh, well, if anyone was curious how hot it is, uh, just go on Facebook and uh, you'll see a million posts of people taking pictures of their, their cars. Car. Yeah. Which is not an accurate indication of how hot it actually is. No, that's like sunlight on your dash, right? Yeah, it's sunlight hitting the thermometer or hitting the steel of the car yeah. and heating up. So what is a miserable 93 degrees Fahrenheit appears to be a miserable 105 degrees Fahrenheit to people in their cars right. around here right now. Which people around here are not used to. That's so right. they should get used to it, because it happens at least once a summer where you get five yeah. or six of these days. It's not that unusual around here. But, and it's uh, the best time to play games. Right? It is the best time, well, to play games at home. Right. Remember, arcades the... ar- arcades are reborn yeah. across the nation now, Keith. Only ones with beer, though, right? Yes. That's like the new thing. Because apparently nerds who like to play video games are nerds who really like craft beer at the same time. It's, it's good. Life is good. And uh, what we're actually referencing is the Bit Bar that just opened up in Salem, Massachusetts. That uh, me and the, the the final boss of Dungeon Gamers did get to check out. We did. Uh, during their uh, like pre-opening opening you were, thing. You were beta testers of a bar. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. And there yeah. were there were there were mistakes. <laughs> I got a cheeseburger with no cheese on it, but that is beside the point. Burger was still good. Um, I do have a bigger question. Why are you just randomly holding the microphone, Jay? Because we're using Skype to do this, and your computer's microphone is fucking awful. It's it's garbage. Yeah. yeah. So I have to use a rock band microphone from the band rock from the game Rock Band, which is a to, great to mic us gamer. so that our guest here Keith can actually hear us. <laughs> ah. And I don't have a mic stand because my band is currently working on an EP and all my mic stands are in use. Ah. So they're in my jam room, which is not here. It's across the city. And as we established, it is really hot. So I will not be going to get them. Thank you for holding a mic for me, Jay. So I am not only your co-host, sound engineer, and now mic stand. I'll take it. You're the man. Yes. I just walked in and saw you holding the microphone. Basically. Yeah, it's true. I was already, I was, I was already in, I was already in position. So. Well, it looked like you were holding like an ice cream cone. I'm like, what is he doing over there? That would there? be awesome right now. Well, I think an ice cream yeah. cone would be better than. I a mean, you folks that will yeah. listen to this in a couple of days and then get to wax nostalgic about what we went through about a couple of days ago, mm. recording this. I could see how my brother would see this as, a, as an ice cream cone because if you remember those like Bugs Bunny cartoons, whenever you get caught in a desert island. And he'd always be with those two starving guys that were with him, and like one always viewed one as like a hot dog, and the other one always viewed one as like a hamburger. The heat here, even in my air-conditioned 
apartment or the air-conditioned then-gen fortress is that utterly ridiculous that, yes, a microphone would appear as an ice cream cone to a... <laughs> it's like everything is prey to a starving wolf <laughs> at this point. And that's where we're at. But yeah, we got to check out the Bit Bar. It's actually pretty cool. It's the old jail in Salem. So anybody who lives in the area of Salem, Massachusetts, should check it out. There's or so, Boston in general. Boston in general. I mean, it's be- it, I mean, you have Jillians yeah. if you're in Boston. You do. You do have Jillians, and it, it's an arcade you can drink at. And I suppose that any arcade is an arcade you can drink at. But you're supposed to drink. But, at yeah, this Bit one. Bar is a is an arcade that you may drink at. <laughs> And um, it's kind of fun. I mean, you could drink at Salem Willows, too, but I'm sure it's frowned on. <laughs> yes, the police don't like that as yeah, a rule. Yeah, they don't like that as a rule. But, I mean, there's some cool games in there. There's a, there's an old uh, Rolling Thunder cabinet. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Um, so, hey, we're, we're here to talk about multiplayer games today, right? Yeah, actually. And you know what's actually in the bit bar? TMNT. The original one? Yeah, the four-player. The, ar- the original arcade game. That's freaking awesome. 25 cents a pop. Does it run well? You play yeah, it? we played it. It runs just fine. So those games where you had four players around, I've noticed now that I'm an adult, they're really hard to get four people at. Did you encounter that problem? Well, there was Big only dudes. There were only two. There were only two of us playing it. Uh, at a similar bar, well, like an arcade bar, I was trying to play a game of NBA Jam, and I, we couldn't even fit four dudes around the thing. Oh, oh yeah, really? they you had know, that like, too. They had the TE edition. Oh, that's awesome. But so yeah, we we're here to talk about multiplayer games. Like that's kind of where it all started, right? Arcades. Well, arcade, yeah, arcades are the originator. Well, Pong was a multiplayer game. Okay, technically, but wasn't Street Fighter better than Pong? If you think about it, all games are essentially Pong. The only <laughs> purpose is to just defeat your opponent by getting a ball past their paddle. It's just become ways to get that ball past the paddle and f- with fancier graphics. I would argue. I would argue that Street Fighter Two is the is just part of a series of evolutions from Pong to now. Street Fighter doesn't have any balls. Not He's as ma- not not. It doesn't have the set of balls Mortal Kombat has. <laughs> Good one. Um, which also the bit bar had Mortal Kombat too. Not the original one. The original one's a piece of junk. Right? Well, yeah. No, Mortal Kombat 2. Nice. That was the best one, to be honest. Mortal, yeah, Mortal Kombat 2 was they, they it seems those those fighting games, I mean if you're gonna get to the multiplayer competitive gaming section of what will this conversation will eventually turn into before it just turns into yelling and finger pointing. <laughs> um that's what multiplayer is all about. Yeah, well, no, that's what competitive multiplayer is all, all about. <laughs> that's when you learn which one of your friends is a competitive, competitive dickbag. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you listening, which we know some of our listeners are, are those competitive dickbags? You know who you are, so I'm not going to name you. <laughs> but um, it, more, it seems like in the fighting game genre of like the early 90s, it seems the second installation was always the pinnacle of all of them. Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat 2. 2. Um, Killer Instinct 2. Wait, was there one? Soul Calibur. <laughs> was there ever a Killer Instinct 2? Uh, actually, I believe there was. No way. I I I, I didn't think Killer Instinct. I don't think Killer Instinct was ever worthwhile. But period. Soul Caliber too. That's well, a good one. Soul Ca- Soul Caliber was the actual sequel. Oh yeah. Soul's Soul Edge Ca- is the first game. Yeah. What about Virtua um, Fighter Two? Virtua Fighter Two. Um, 
Tekken 2 was probably Tekken pretty, 2 is yeah. pretty much where it came of age. Yeah. It's basically like they just baited everybody with the first ones, realized what was wrong with them, and then put out the superior <laughs> and then got sequel. Money. Yeah, you know, put out the superior sequel. I mean, Mortal Kombat, the first installation was cool because it was unique. But as far as a, as a game, that game was just a bunch of palette swapped mess. Yeah, the controls were terrible. Yeah, it was everything. based on a gimmick, right? Yeah, it was based on these are digitized graphics and, ooh, you can kill people. It's the laptop mic of gaming. <laughs> oh, it's cool when you first start using it, but then you realize there's way better alternatives to it. Yes, yeah. But back to multiplayer gaming and what you're saying about the big... that You used to see that in arcades back in the day, these big cabinets that had four joysticks hooked to them. Simpsons games. Simpsons games. Ninja Turtles. X-Men had six. Oh, that's right. X-Men had six and two screens. But what are the, all those games we're talking about right now? Cooperative, right? Those are all cooperative multiplayer games. And cooperative multiplayer games are really what the rage is nowadays. More well, so than competitive like multiplayer. Even in like first-person shooters, everyone seems to want a co-op mode. Well, this co-op mode... Well, The weird thing with the first-person shooter universe now is that it's... It's co-op and competitive because you get your team that plays against another team. Yes, yeah, that's right. So it's it's a little bit of both. But as far as back in the day, before the fighting game craze the early 90s, multiplayer games were primarily, if they were simultaneous multiplayer anyway, they were always cooperative. Right. Um, uh, in arcades, you had things like Gauntlet or uh, there had to have been other ones. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Gauntlet was the first big co-op one, I think, though. Yeah. Or, or the first multiplayer games, period. I, I actually part. believe Gauntlet was the first one to have four-player simultaneous multiplayer. There were other mm-hmm. multiplayer games before, but they were always two-player. Gauntlet was the first big one. And if you want to play a Gauntlet uh, cabinet, the place you really need to go is Laconia to, in New Hampshire to Fun Spot, because they still have one. No way. I'm going to be up there. Up, I'll be up in the uh, New Hampshire area. A couple of weeks. I'll be up in Conway. It's not terribly far. You should go. Like, I, what I know. Is uh, fun spot. All right, that's easy to remember. I guess. Well, fun spot. It's. I mean, you can if you Google it. It the Guinness Book of World Records still lists it as the largest arcade in North America. That's a big. That's a big. It's four, it has four floors. Whoa. It's gigantic. You never went there as a kid. Never heard of it in my life. I've only ever been there once, and it was like when we were up at my uncle's camp, right in Conway in the White Mountains area and we went to it because it was like only an hour away from there and it, it I remember it I, I know we're gonna we were actually planning a Then Gen Gamers trip there pretty soon Whoa. with uh, Dan of Then Gen Gamers and, uh, cool. and Snozberry our webmaster to go up there and obviously we have, <laughs> we have a webmaster he's a master of the web and uh, <laughs> thanks Jay but I guess I, I guess that's what he would be. Good explanation. Just like Jägermeister, he's the hunter master. He's the, the <laughs> Webermeister. Snozberry is. But we're supposed to go up there on a, on a trip, on a Dungeon Gamers field trip. And I feel like I've only ever seen the place once, and I saw it when I was, like, nine. At the height of my love of arcades. And I feel like I'm going to walk in there thinking it's going to be this amazing place. In my childhood, it's probably going to just get stomped right into the ground. <laughs> You're going to find out it really sucks. Well, not that it sucks, but that it's not as impressive as I thought it was in my, like, little child mind. Like, 
thinking, oh, it's like a castle filled with video games. And it's really just a shack filled with broken computers. It's just a shady house with a few <laughs> games. A few games in it. But uh, yeah, I mean, they still have one of the old Gaunt- Gauntlet games. Um, that's, that's Gauntlet awesome. machines there. And I actually kind of wish, when I was at BitBar, I was actually really hoping they were going to have Gauntlet. But they, uh, they don't. Which is unfortunate, but okay. they will because I guess how the bit bar works—it's going to be rotating machines. They rotate them out between because bit bar is a franchise. Well, yeah, bit bar—they what they do, I believe, is restore games, correct? Yeah, they and restore. Now, they get old games and they, restore them and, and put them at different locations. Yeah, they have a stash of games somewhere uh, that they're, they're repairing in a warehouse, and they they use them for other things too. Yeah, they do. But maybe, so maybe one day in Salem, Massachusetts, we'll get to play some Gauntlet. The real way. Uh, anyway, just an aside for multiplayer games and arcades. Uh, the other day, so I have one of these retro pie things set up on a Raspberry Pi, and uh, I've been building a collection through Totally Legal Beats. And <laughs> one of the things I noticed on the original Nintendo Nintendo Entertainment System, I was just trying to find some multiplayer games, and it's it's surprising. In the eight bit era. Dude, there weren't that many good multiplayer games. Well, there were, like, they didn't really have the, the engines to run them. Yeah. I mean, like, what games do you remember being... And I, When I say multiplayer, I really think of simultaneous multiplayer. I don't really think of, like... I don't really think of... Uh, Mario. Things like Mario. Like, if you take if you take turns, I don't see it as multiplayer. That's just a, a single-player game. That's exactly it. Yeah. So how, how many had simultaneous multiplayers? Okay. It was the port of the Ninja Turtles game. You could have two people. Contra, friggin' one of the best multiplayer games ever made. Yeah, that is a great game. Um, maybe something like Bubble Bobble, but yeah, that was it. Was multiplayer? It was co-op. Uh, there must have been other ones, right? But Ring King, Ring, Ring King wasn't cooperative multiplayer, but it had a two-player versus mode. Kung Fu okay. Heroes. Kung Fu Heroes was another multiplayer game, which was not good. What is Kung Fu Heroes? Kung Fu Heroes was one of those... There was this weird point in time with the NES system where you had these these multiplayer games. These, like, simultaneous multiplayer games. And, like, they just went on forever. They seemed like they went on for eternity. And Kung Fu Heroes was one of those, right, Adrian? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was one of those games where, like, you just played as these two Kung Fu guys and it was, like, just a four, you know, square screen area and you had to beat up all the monsters and collect... top down top down uh you had to beat up all the monsters and you know just fight your way through and then you went on to the next level and it was like a game that had seven stages but each stage consisted of 99 sections of the same thing that sounds boring and terrible uh when you were a kid and you saw the graphics because they were really kind of cartoony and bright and very almost anime-ish you thought it was awesome but as an adult when you replay that game it's one of those it's just like seeing fun spot now it's like wrecks your childhood like you realize how bad it was how hard it was to play things that like the hitboxes on the character like the enemies are bad like it's not a well done game but it was a multi- simultaneous multiplayer game it's kind of like Bubble Bobble in a weird way like goes on for, <laughs> like goes on but Bubble Bobble just was, yeah it just goes on forever <laughs> Bubble Bobble was kind of cool though because it was fun yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah it was it was a well programmed game Kung Fu Heroes was like it was bubble bobbing. Is that, is that a word? Bubble bobbing. It was. It was oh, like. It was like. It was like a bubble bobblingly good time, with kicking, 
without the bubble bobble or the fun. That's so, what Kung Fu Heroes was. It was just kicking. Okay, cool. Yeah. But, I mean, what other multiplayer games were there for the NES? Sim- simultaneous multiplayer games. Uh, actually, could you play Gauntlet with more than one person? Yes, you could play two players with Gauntlet. And I think with a four-player tap with Gauntlet 2, you could play four. The two. four score? Yeah, the four score. Remember that? Uh, what else? Double Dragon only had one player. But Double Dragon 2, you could play with two people, I think. And Double Dragon 3. So they figured it out by then. Yeah. Well, the Double Dragon, Double Dragon was actually one of the cool, like, brawlers in arcades were some of the coolest multiplayer experiences you could have in an arcade. Like, tar- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was awesome, especially if you had four kids. Like, if you had all of the turtles, it was great. And it was very rare that you had all those turtles. Because you needed to go to the arcade with more than just your brother, which I very rarely got to do. <laughs> and you and, needed a lot of quarters. And you needed a lot of quarters. Which reminded me of another one, by the way, Superman. But oh, Super, oh, Superman the arcade game. Yes, it was a two-player multiplayer game. Where you had the blue Superman and the red Superman, because they couldn't quite figure that one out. You never played Superman in the arcade? No, what year was that, roughly? Uh, oh, God, I don't even know. Yeah, we, it's, it's, again, it's 90s? not very good. You could fly it, it, though, at least. Yeah. It's a waste of quarters. Well, they're all waste of quarters. Oh, but... Okay, so we're having trouble thinking of 8-bit Nintendo games. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's kind of reasonable. It's, it's a low-powered system relative, right? It was designed for just either, you know, pass-off, playing, for score, things like Mario Brothers. Does Gyromite count? Yeah, Gyromite was a multiplayer game, really. Except you had to play it with a freaking robot. I don't... That was a multiplayer game? What's... Well, you needed the two controllers to play it. One player played as the scientist that was trying to avoid the schnicks and feed them radishes and whatever. The other player Open used the, the A and B buttons to control the blue and red pillars. And, um, but the okay. thing is, you had also, if you had Rob, your robotic operating buddy, he could do that for you too. That was the tie-in he had. He, was only, he only worked for two games. Stack up and that. And um and but all he would do is he had these tops that he'd have to move from like thing to thing to press the different buttons, and those tops just became razor blade circles of death that flew across your living room because he never quite got it right. Rob was not a very advanced robot. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was, he was very... a shitty. Re- he was a shitty replacement for your friend. <laughs> or your brother in this case. <laughs> but the problem is there was a lot of vindictiveness in our household. So you could never trust that other player to keep... Because if those things closed on you, they crushed you. Like the pillars in Gyromite. Yeah. So you could never trust the other person to make sure they remained open the whole time it took to get through them. Just because they wanted to see you smash. Yeah. So giving Rob, up... Giving, Rob would have been like, I don't know, having my brother play, but giving him a power glove. Like, <laughs> just... PJ, you listening? Bagging yeah. on the power glove, man. But um, yeah, man, it's uh. Did you ever really play Gyromite as a kid? I don't think I've ever played it to be honest. I just kind of know well, roughly what it's about. What I suggest you do, because you you and your wife could play it together, so you can get the experience. Because I'm sure one of you will want to crush the other, at some point. <laughs> it, you know, de- get it for your retro pie under completely legal means that's right to acquire the game and play it and then you'll, you'll I, s- I own a copy it's okay yeah there's a call co- i've seen it it's in it's in his household 
<laughs> and just play that game to find out what the experience of Gyromite, which is like this early shot at this cooperative multiplayer genre in the 8-bit era was. You know, it's, it's one of those, you know, it's that kind of thing. And I mean, what I mean, X-Men was a multiplayer game for the uh, NES. Oh, God. It's garbage. It was an LJ. It was an LJN game. Oh, that's that's. Make you want to kill yourself. It's so bad. It's it's so rough, but it is a multiplayer game. And the weird thing is, it's one of those. They had this, there was a weird thing in the NES era where they wanted to just force you to play multiplayer, even if you didn't have somebody else playing along. So if you had two players, it was okay. You had one person controlling like Wolverine. Somebody else could be Nightcrawler, Colossus, or whatever. You had six X Men to choose from. And that was cool to an extent because you had two people playing. You could talk to each other and cooperate and find out what to do. But if you didn't have a second player, the computer played as the other player made you have them. Not cool. And they could draw you back. They would screw. They get caught in places and make it so you couldn't advance. Because <laughs> the AI was just not developed enough to have that. So I know you had a Genesis. Yes. Uh, so 16-bit R, I think. Multiplayer games really started coming into their own. Uh, yeah, that was when you could actually port the fighting games over to the home systems. Um, Mario Kart was invented, which I can still play no problem, still be entertained by it. And that <laughs> uh, you never had a Super Nintendo, I remember, but uh, not growing up. No, you played Mario Kart since like the original oh, yeah, one, right? Yeah. Everybody who hasn't who hasn't played a little bit of I'm Mario sure Kart in their day, dude, that bastard with the red shell, fuck him. <laughs> Oh, oh, the red shell. What did the red shell used to the do? The homing. Is that the homing? Yeah. The homing missile. It was like missile? a homing missile, and it would always give it to the person kind of behind you. Yeah, to make it so to, like just to wreck your fun. Right, just to like even it out. But things like Mario Kart led to things like Mario Party. Oh God. Party games, yeah. Which are which are multiplayer games. Yeah, I never really liked Mario Party though. Um, I don't know. It was too really? random for me. Yeah, I could win every single mini game, and get a reversal of Fertile Fortune and lose right at the end. Yeah, it like picked a winner at the end, and it didn't matter how you did, right? Yeah, yeah. just it just let that was the way it decided that you know Sounds your like friends that. are all gonna hate you after playing this game for two hours. So when did Mario Party come out on the N sixty four? Probably. The yeah, first that time? was N sixty. No, Which... did it start with the GameCube? No, N64. N64 is where that started. So the N64 did something that consoles had never really done before. Remember, it came with the four controller ports on the front. Yes, it was already tapped kind of before. Because even the PlayStation 2 at that point didn't have that. Right, you had to buy like extra pieces and stuff and make it work. Uh, but that was the first system like out of the box. Like, okay, plug four controllers and good to go. And of course that worked with GoldenEye and um, Perfect Dark and everything, which, you know, shooter games, of course, they're multiplayer. But um, did you just say Conquer? Yeah. Uh, that's where I was going with that. One of the most underrated multiplayer games I've ever played in my life is uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Specifically the N64 version? Yeah, I don't. I haven't played any version since. Uh, they remade it. Like It's probably available on Xbox One right now, I believe. Yeah, but I believe that they, they altered it in some way. I know there were complaints about the, the reissue that's ones. That's a shame. But... It, it was designed as a one-player game, and it had, like, this offshoot multiplayer deathmatch mode. But was that the I, teddy bear mode? Yeah, no, it was just you could pick your character, and it was a regular shooting game. Uh, but what you would do is, yeah, you'd shoot the teddy bear. One was a squirrel army guy, whatever. One was Conquer. But it was just, 
it was almost like it wasn't programmed perfectly, which was part of the fun of it. It wasn't frustrating to play, but weird glitches happened. Ah, uh, yeah. And you, once you learn them, you could exploit them and annoy your friends. <laughs> it was one of those games. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it, had, it was back when you could still cheat at video games pretty handedly. Yeah, like you could get stuck on walls and snipe people, which we have some competitive uh, dickbag friends who would do stuff like that. <laughs> you know who you are, folks. <laughs> you know who you are, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I don't know what other four player games were on N64 N64 I mean there's Mario Kart of course yeah. Mario Kart 64 GoldenEye which is like that was like the that was the beginning of the console FPS yeah it was, it was that game it's it's the game that made the Xbox be designed the way it was <laughs> when they realized there was such a market for that type of video game did the Xbox have four controller ports? Yes, it did. In the front. I don't remember. I, I believe it you. Did, totally. yeah. yeah, the Xbox did. The PS2 didn't. That's right. Now everything's wireless. So it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. You just have yeah. as many controllers as you can get in there. <laughs> as you have bandwidth for. Yeah. As many as Microsoft or Sony will allow you to use. Basically, yeah. Uh, yeah, in 64, there were... Oh, there was uh, some weird mario games too like mario tennis there must have been a golf game those were all multiple yeah, mario, mario, uh, mario tennis was pretty awesome yeah the original one well i think that was the original one on n64 uh, there must have been some racing games too probably the one with the volkswagen beetles i don't know yeah. oh yeah beetle the, adventure or whatever whatever it was that was actually pretty good uh, oh and there was uh Micro Machines Turbo 64. That's right. That game was awesome. I wonder if they still make those. The well, Micro was... Machines racing games, they were like top-down, kind of like RC Program used to be. Well, there were those all those Army Men games, too. Remember that? I never played any of them. Those were good. Kind of I liked them, really? yeah. Those were fun. And it, um, well, you know, thinking back to speaking of multiplayer games in the NES era, there were a few that we missed. Ice Hockey. Oh, my God, you're right. Soccer. <laughs> Tennis. No, forget. How do we miss ice hockey? I don't know how we skipped. See, that. ice that hockey was, was was a lot of fun. That was a strategy game too. You got to pick the fat guy, the skinny guy, or the in between guy. Well, yeah, that's you got your three. You had your three players. Even though in hockey you have five players, and uh, and you have a goalie. And the weird thing is, you're always controlling the goalie no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So you got to just like when people are really it's between them and the goalie, you just got to focus on the goalie. And you're controlling also one skater that you've selected. You can change that skater. But you do get to, to beef up your team by three different body types of player. A skinny guy who's fast, a fat guy who's slow and strong, and a medium guy who's, you know, the Not medium. Today, He's medium. <laughs> and, um, and no matter what, anybody who ever played that game only ever played the USA versus Russia. Cause That's it, true. It was just, you just wanted to be the miracle on ice. Or <laughs> if you were a com- communist pig... You- Pinko commie bastard, you wanted to crush the miracle on ice. But but that was it. Um and that's every time you even to this day, when I put that card in and play it with somebody, one of us is Russia, one of us is the not Russia, the USSR. Let me let me set that straight. The CCCP. <laughs> they existed at the time. Hey. That reminds me, we also forgot. So, uh, maybe you didn't play this, but Tecmo Bowl and Tecmo Super Bowl were yes. both on our 
Those were two player. Bo Jackson, automatic touchdown. Yeah, Bo Jackson was an automatic <laughs> touchdown in this game. Every time, yeah. Well, he was only in the one. The original. But, I mean, actually, the TMNT, the arcade game, got ported to the NES, too. It was a good port, too. It wasn't bad for its time. They didn't change too much. Then uh, when I you... mean, they, well, they did, but it was all things you're like, okay, I see why they changed that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, me, me and uh, the final boss here, then Gen Gamers, we had a Genesis as kids. That was the 16-bit system we had. And there's one. there was a couple of awesome brawlers for that system that were actually unique to that system. There was Golden Axe. Yes, definitely multiplayer. Now that you've... I think in a previous podcast you explained to me how to do that on the home console. Oh, yeah, I, I, just had did, a... I didn't know how to get the second player, and I thought it was one player all this time. Yeah, you thought that you thought they had uh, double-dragoned it? Yeah, I, I really did. Uh, yeah, no, all you have to do is plug in the other controller and hit start. That's yeah. that's the secret. There's there no option on the screen. I don't know. You know what? If GamePro was st- just because I know, now know that you who you're a pretty big video game aficionado, you pretty much know what you're doing. Didn't know that. I wish GamePro was still around just so I could write that code into them as one of their secret <laughs> secret weapons and tactics. Just be like, if you want to play the second player mode in Golden Axe for the Sega Genesis, just plug in the second player controller and hit start. <laughs> Uh, but also Streets of Rage and Streets of Rage 2. Streets of Rage 3. Streets of Rage 3. Yes. They were awesome, awesome multiplayer brawlers for the Sega Genesis. When, when Streets of Rage 3 came out, could you be more than could, more than two players? Could you use a multi-tap for that? No. Nope. So it was only yeah, two. I don't think I've ever seen two people in Streets of Rage. Um, what about Shinobi? Was that ever two player? No, any? Shinobi was always a single player experience. Arcade otherwise. Um, then there was... Uh, for the Sega Genesis, there was General Chaos. Oh yeah, General Chaos was... was an awesome game. Like it was so in depth, and it was that was where they that's where the Genesis got its multi tap from. It was that game it used to come with it? I didn't know that. So you could play like as a four player army, or as two different armies versus the middle, you know, the middle ground. So that was one of those. That was one of those multiplayer Genesis games. I mean, and like you know, when you get to the um, SNES, they had they had Final Fight. For Brawler. It's the same game as Streets of Rage, but... Better graphics on Final Fight. No, actually, you know what? It plays better. I have to say that. Well, it was a Capcom game. Streets of Rage was an in-house Sega game that they just developed from from there. <laughs> and they have stolen from Final Fight, it looks like. Yeah, they, but I mean, I gotta say, Streets of Rage 2, better soundtrack. <laughs> like, it really had a great, great soundtrack. Because I, I, even at... Um, we we recently, the the, uh, the final boss of the Engine Gamer's birthday just passed, and we had we had a, a, a little gathering for him and I had made this, this playlist of songs to just play on the engine gamer fortresses sound system, which is just as impressive as everyone out there listening should imagine it is. And, <laughs> and I had interspersed different video game music and I, streets of rage Two soundtrack came on. And it, some people were asking like, what is this? They were like, are these B sides of Michael Jackson songs without him singing? And I'm like, no, like that's how good that game soundtrack was. That was one of that was one of the rumors that he had worked on that sound. Was it that soundtrack or which one was it? I have no idea. There, there was rumors that was there was some that Michael Jackson worked, worked on a video game, game soundtrack? soundtrack. I think it was Sonic. Hmm. That he actually was contributing to the soundtrack in Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, he was in a video game on the Sega Genesis, not a Moonwalker. multiplayer video game, but he was was in Moonwalker. You looking this up now, Keith? I'm I'm using the Google. He's using the Google. He's fact checking us. 
Michael Jackson behind Sonic the Hedgehog soundtrack? Yeah, and that's King a rumor. Of, I don't think it's King ever been... Pop contributed music to classical video games, says former collaborator. See, it's a rumor. It's never been confirmed, but it's one of those things. In other re- revelations, Prince reveals scrapped concept album, Shinobi 3, Return of the Ninja Master. That would have been amazing. This sounds like a, a, a pl- uh, totally believable news source, a legitimate yeah. news source. It's <laughs> Videogamerumors.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't believe any of this. Well, I mean, even Sonic dabbled in the multiplayer. Oh, hold on. But um, Kotaku, Kotaku, that's like a reputable website. Yes, Michael Jackson did work on Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Sweet. Uh, yeah, man. So I think we're going to be actually, you know, it's been it's been a while since we've done a podcast. We've been on hiatus for a little while, and we got to remind you guys that there's a uh, there's a contest still going on. Um, we're still giving away a PS PS4. It's the quest for the PS4, and uh, and we're um, giving that away, and it's hidden somewhere in Video Land. And we've been giving away clues to where it's located on the Vengeon Gamers podcast. Heading throughout the past podcast, there are clues you can. Um, look up how to enter the contest on thengengamers.com. Once again, that's thengengamers.com to look up the look up the contest uh, and how to enter. And just look for clues throughout these podcasts. The uh, you get one entry per week. You need to guess where the exact location in Video Land is, where the uh, PlayStation Four is hidden, and it's available to all people in the continental United States. That's the uh, lower forty-eight states. No Hawaii, no Alaska, no Puerto Rico. You're not a state state yet, but I'm sure some people are listening there. Um, so there you go. There'll be clues on the podcast. You need to figure out where those clues are. Cool. All right. I did my. I wish I, I, I did. I need a PS4. I wish I could compete, but yeah, yeah. If, if you know, if you, all affiliates cannot compete. If you've been on the podcast, you can't <laughs> compete in this. Uh, this Super thing, rules. you know, you. Uh, you might as well you might as well just be some sort of rat thief in a fantasy land. That's about it. That's about hey, all, you, all you can be. You know what I just realized? We were talking about the N sixty four and Xbox having four controllers. Didn't the uh, Dreamcast do that too? Dreamcast did have four controller ports in the front, and I it was for games <laughs> like Power Stone, Power Stone, which is a really weird concept for a multiplayer game. Yeah, I never really liked Power Stone. I like fighting games a lot, but I never got into what was Because it was a four-player fighting game. Yeah, it was just chaos. It was yeah. too confusing. But I mean, like, I guess, you know, the, the king of all multiplayer games, Super Smash Brothers, blah, 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 whether it's Melee or Brawl or whichever one, that was just four-player chaos. Yeah. You know, I'm going to... This is probably pretty blasphemous to say, but, dude, I do not get Smash Brothers. Why do people love that game so much? Like, step back a second and think about it. Why is it great? Because you can beat up Mario as Link. <laughs> it's just a okay, fan Think about game. what you're saying. You could, you could take the magic sword <laughs> and beat the bag out of that goddamn plumber. Yeah, there's like no technique though. It's just button mashing. I've never liked it. But Samus Aran... <laughs> can blast the hell out of kirby hey you know what i just learned recently i didn't know what um so i was in a gamestop yes i still go to gamestop and 
this, I don't know, let's say a 10 year old young kid was um, trading in his Wii and his Wii U and all the accessories with it probably to get like a PS4 to murder people on or whatever. And one of the things he had, or one of the things he had many of were those Amiibos. Yeah. I think that's what they're called, Amiibos. The little, like, they're Nintendo figures with a chip in them. Oh, yeah, those for, I forget what they're for. I'm going to tell you what they're for now that I, because I had no idea and I was trying to figure it out. Uh, Certain games, mostly Smash Brothers, uh, a couple other Nintendo games make use of them. And what you do is you plug them in either to, I think it's on a 3DS or the Wii U controller. There's like a communication port on there. Like you just touch it to it. That's just a radio communication. And all of a sudden you have a new player. So instead of just downloading one, you have to go to the store and buy this figure, put it up to the controller, and load it in. Ah, so it's video game nerdery mixed with collector nerdery. It's the same thing as those Lego Dimensions thing. Yeah, it's just same a way. To, it's just a way, to, a gimmicky way to sell another item. Yeah, yeah. This kid had like sixty of. Them. Oh, my brother, nuts. my the the final boss over there. He he has a few of them. Yeah. But I he has them because he just likes them as figures. He puts them up on his desk at work. They have the in his, in his civilian Ro- job. The NES ROB robot. I almost bought it, but I was that's kind of what prompted me to figure out what I'm oh, supposed to do. Rob, the robotic operating yeah. buddy. We, yeah, I, had... there, there's actually one of those kicking around in the Vengeance Fortress. Like Rob still lives here. <laughs> we, <laughs> Honestly, we, we, we we we've been toying around with making him into a trophy or something. We don't... But um, yeah, Rob still Rob still lives here. But, you know, like the multiplayer games, they eventually evolved into the FPSs that we, you know, who didn't have fun playing Halo with all your Xboxes connected? What kid that didn't go out at night didn't have fun playing Halo with his buddies, with his Xbox uh, collected, you know, connected to somebody else's in the other room? So what, what do you think about... So Halo is one of the first games, like, you could easily network systems yeah, together. It was designed. Via putting two TVs in a room and running a cable, or it probably worked over Wi-Fi or whatever. But um, that was, like, one of the first games. Okay. When you had GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, remember the screen peekers? They were... Screen... I mean, it was just a terrible aspect of the game. What are you going to do? Uh, Everybody did it. Yeah, no, You watch the other player's it, screen and it, use it's, it to one of, it's one of the It's one and, of those things. It's like, it's like self-love. Everybody denies they do it, but they do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't admit you do it, but you do yeah, it. Yeah, but you do it. Yeah. Everybody does it. Just a lot. Just get over it. But Halo was one of the first ones that you could put, like, two TVs in separate rooms and at least split up two different people or yeah. two groups of people or whatever, however you set it up. And it was, um, I don't know, it was a little mind-blowing at first, I think, that you didn't know. Well, I mean, it, if you... It, it gave a whole new suspense to it when you didn't know what the other player was actually doing. At that same era, like, early 2000s, so that was, like, 2001, 2002. Right. In that same time span, if you... Um, Basically, if you were a PC gamer, if you played PC games in the late 90s, you kind of already knew what that was like. That was just the first time the console, the strictly console crowd encountered it in a usable fashion. Well, yeah, it was an off-the-shelf thing you could go buy at the store, plug this obvious cable into it and make it work. The computer took a little effort, a little knowledge. Well, it it took Battle.net. If you remember... When did Battle.net start up? That was... Late 90s. Same time, no, it would start up like right before that. Oh, because Quake, because remember too. Quake, Doom, Perfect. all that stuff you could play like that on a PC. But I never knew how to do it when I was a 15 year old at that point. And you needed a certain level of uh, a certain 
a, a computer that was powerful enough to handle it. Plus an and, internet connection that was fast enough. That was the other thing. Uh, broadband internet wasn't really available yet. So at the time when the Xbox came out and it was easily easy to network, that was the first time that broadband internet was also available to most of major U.S. cities. There you go. That's a recipe for a revolution right there. Easy to do, and the technology is readily available. Yeah, see, I... I it's no I, longer a hobbyist thing only. Thing, yeah, now anybody can do it. And um, Well, the thing I used... Uh, I used to work for an internet service provider when I was in high school. And I can say this now because this is... <laughs> Because the internet service provider I worked for, it does exist in some form, but it doesn't really exist anymore, and I they, I don't work in that industry anymore, so I don't have to care. But we used to, like me, we worked, we were a bunch of kids working there, and what do you think kids are going to do? But they're going to network the whole building just so they can play Quake while they're at work. And we used to constantly do that. I got paid lots of money to play Quake. <laughs> life is hard. Yeah. Um, I wish that was my life now, but it's not. <laughs> I don't get paid lots of money to play Quig. That was your first introduction to the working world. That sucks. Not really. I mean, that job was not... I mean, th that was one of the jobs where I used to get people threatening to kill me a lot, too. But uh, working in a tech support office that worked for companies that were running T1 lines and DSL in the early stages through your company that were using it for their business purposes, when those lines went down, those people used to get really nasty. And one guy actually even broke into the building and threw me down a flight of stairs. Second flight of stairs I've been thrown down. Well, first flight of stairs I got thrown down in my life. <laughs> it did happen again involving something else. Different circumstances. D different circumstances. So, I mean, it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that cake of a job. But when there was downtime, that's what we do. And they just totally didn't care. Because we were working with people that the older people we were working with actually did not even know how to do the job as well as we did. It was that weird. It was when that generation thing actually mattered nowadays it kind of doesn't like everything's so plug and play at this point pretty much yeah, yeah. but that was you know so, we'd, we'd play multiplayer games at quake and that was if you were in the pc gaming world at that time you already knew about the land party aspect of those games mm -hmm. halo is what introduced it to all the console gamers for the first right time. because uh, an xbox was essentially a, a low-powered computer with networking you know it was a graphics card, a processor, and a network card. Pretty much. And soon when, we get, to do when we get to Xbox 2, um, it's just going to be a PC. Xbox 2 after uh, X-Bone? X-Bone. Hey, you know they're releasing the Slim model in a couple in a few weeks, right? There's going to be a Slim, like a sleek Xbox One? Well, now they're making everything 4K compliant. Uh, well, they, Sony and Microsoft, really. I don't know what Nintendo's up to. They probably don't know what 4K is. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hi, Dev, what? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we just did that on Wii U. Uh, Sony's releasing a mid-cycle refresh of the PlayStation. You know about, Do you know about this at all? What is this? I don't, I don't know what 4K is either. I'm in the same boat as Nintendo. <laughs> it's the new standard of TVs, which is weird because do you remember all the way through the first color TV, all the way up to the first flat panel TVs, like, did TV technology really change that much? That was a span of, like, 30 years or something. Yeah. Now we have HGTVs, and they're trying to move to, like, new standards already, and these things have been out less than, like, 10 years. 4K is, uh, like, super high definition. It's just a, a different resolution, right? So these are the new TVs that you see right now that cost, you know, way more than normal people would pay, and eventually they'll drop. 
But what Sony and Microsoft seem to be banking on is that, that that price will drop and everyone will buy these new TVs. So yeah, it still uses an HDMI connection, but they carry, it's a different cable that fits in the Obviously. same. That fits in the same port, so that won't be confusing at all to everybody. I can't, I'm glad I don't work at Best Buy in the Geek Spot section because everyone's going to come and complain to them. But um, yeah, these new TVs. Why, why am I only, only getting one 1080p when when I can see a 3D resolution model in my room? Yeah, exactly. Like, at what point is oh, it not just you're like to buy the is, right hundred dollar cable? At, at what point is the definition not just so good that it's just real? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. like, we're just gonna like this is we're just gonna clone like you want to watch Lord of the Rings in a fully immersive environment? We're just gonna make genetic clones of Sir Ian McKellen and uh, and. John Reese Davies and just send them to your house. And the only thing they do is they act out scenes from the movie <laughs> right in front of you. That's the next step in high definition. Sounds like an LJN game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they don't come with any of the props or anything. It's just like the, the dumbass clone of Ian McKellen like that's dressed up like Gandalf that can only speak movie lines. It doesn't know how to do anything else. Cool. <laughs> but anyway, that's what's going on. They do the... Uh, the major video game makers, that would be Sony and Microsoft, uh, the major system makers, yeah, they're doing a mid-year, mid-cycle refresh, not mid-year. So instead of waiting the normal five years, okay, now you can go buy a new PlayStation. It's going to be confusing at some point. But whatever. <laughs> anyway, back to multiplayer games and back to old systems, right? Which yeah. I still like better than a PlayStation 4, to be honest. Um, Don't knock our contest, man. So who am I to talk? Yeah. Um, do you remember? I remember I was talking about the Dreamcast having four controllers, and remember it had some great sports games. Yeah. Do you remember the little VMU? Yeah, the things? VMU. That was great for that. For multiplayer, right? Yeah, because now you couldn't just peek the screen to see what the other plays that were potentially coming up were. Yeah, I mean, the games always had, like, a gimmick on Madden or whatever. You you knew the player was choosing one of three plays. Yeah. And, of course, it threw up, like, a running play, a passing play, or whatever, Hail Mary play. Well, in the whatever. later games, it was all running plays, all passing plays, but four different types, or three different types. So that you could, you know they're going to run a running play, but you don't know which one. Yeah, which difference does it make? Yeah. But the VMU, yeah, you picked your plays on that. It was pretty awesome. So you couldn't, they couldn't, they had no idea what you were going to do. Yeah. Yeah, two, the year two thousand. That was pretty badass. That was a NFL NFL football two thousand for a, NFL two K NFL two K, and that was one of the like, uh, one of the things with the, the Dreamcast that had a modem in it, so you could play online. Yeah, I never got to work right to be honest. We, we used to they get tried. It. They tried. Well, Brendan, Brendan, uh, one of the the then gen gamers alum that comes in and talks sometimes, he also was a huge trash talker, and he would play that game online. Like he had fight figured out how. Wow. <laughs> And he had talked, but one thing that would happen is if in the middle of the game you took the game out while you're playing a multiplayer game, it just froze the other person's Dreamcast. For some reason, like, they'd have to turn it off. Brendan knew how to do this great. Well, no, he knew that that's what happened. He once trash-talked a guy so bad that he did it to him. Because Brendan is is a king of, like just saying bad things to people. What was the term you used? Competitive dickbag? No, he's not even, no, he's not, he's just a troll. <laughs> he's just a, a online gaming troll. He, he doesn't care if he wins or loses. It's not about winning or losing. It's, it's, with Brendan, it's not whether he wins or loses, it's how much he can piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope he's listening. I hope he's listening. Point. I hope he listens to this. He knows this to be true. I mean, he ended up. I mean, the the big story he's told it on the podcast before is that he ended up having to stop doing that when he told a a kid that definitely told a child that he was gonna go hunt him down and kill him, and that got him reported to the PlayStation Network. But cool. but in Brennan's defense, that kid probably was telling him how gay he was, you know, which is the wrong word to use. How for much him. he it's likes not his a derogatory mother. thing, you know. How much of a homosexual he was. How much that kid's banged his mom. Yep. I mean, this ten-year-old probably hurled the most horrible, homophobic, misogynistic, racist sometimes even slurs at him. And Brennan, being an adult, didn't run to the authorities. Just said, "I'm gonna hunt you down and kill you." And immediately that kid goes to PlayStation Network to tell them that this guy did that. And he got like a cease and desist email. <laughs> he didn't get his account shut off. But after that, I think it was a Call of Duty run that did it. Speaking of, like, that's the downfall of the online multiplayer arena is like the trolls. The trolls. And the, every 13-year-old yeah. is a troll. It can bring out the worst in people, too. It brings out the worst in kids. Or immature adults. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I, I was never the biggest, like, I, I'd talk a little bit of trash playing video games to my friends, you know, to you, or, like, because it's funny, and I know you. But I never had the, uh, I never had the, uh, wherewithal to, like, go online just to mock people, or ruin their day. And there's a lot of 13-year-old griefers out there. There's tons of them. We've all encountered them. Yeah, that's why I stopped playing those games, well, Brennan just stopped listening. To and they were better than me too, so that was enough. Well, that's the thing is they make it fun, and they're better, and they're right. <laughs> but I think on that note, I think we're gonna be uh, ending the podcast. Uh, Vengen, boss of Vengen Gamers, had to take off. He's off doing what he does. Keith, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me again, Jay. All right, man. This is the Vengen Gamers podcast, and we're out like Slade. Later.